Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello, welcome back to Ozbiz Live from our brand guru studios. Great to have you company for the call. 10 stocks picked by you. I put those stocks to our two experts. A lot to get through today. Um, let's bring in the panel, Jessica Amir from Moomoo. Jessica, how are you? Great to see you, David, and well, how are you? A good, just returned from uh, China. Uh, all eyes on China at the moment. What were your thoughts from visiting there? Is the, uh, is the economic stimulus starting to turn things around? Yeah, um, I think so, but it is pretty quiet at the minute because, of course, we're going into Lunar New Year. But oh, just yeah. a quick couple of observations. Didn't really see any empty buildings as a lot of our media or some media are suggesting, so that's pleasing. Um, just in our, our quadrant of uh, five buildings alone that we were working across, um, I guess the lift the lift line was most interesting um, and it took uh, 30 minutes to get up to our level. So it really shows oh. you how densely populated things are. But um, second of all, Koshi, I found it really fascinating to see EV penetration. So one in three EVs, one in three vehicles on the roads are EVs. Um, and number one is BYD. So I found that really interesting as well. Oh, yeah. And of course, uh, I've got to put a plug in for... MG as well, which is big in Chinese automaker, a great sponsor of the Port Adelaide Football Club and big into EVs as well. Um, good luck getting in the list and queues because I've, I've found in China um, people tend to get a bit aggressive as they get into the queues as well. The elbows go up and protecting the space. So, yeah, you've got to... Uh... Well, I, yeah, we didn't really have that. I think, um, yeah, it was Did... very calm and... Okay. Yeah, nice, nice cues. Okay. But, oh, um... very good. They're being very polite around you. <laughs> Josh Barker from from Macro, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, thank you. Uh, how are you handling reporting season? Yeah, just slowly getting underway, um, getting uh, organised and, and, and looking forward to it. Yeah, hopefully the market comes back to a little bit cheaper levels uh, before, before it really gets underway. Yep, absolutely. All right, uh, let's take a look at the stocks you want us to run our eye over in this first half hour and um, up for adjudication as Coles, uh, Ramsey Healthcare, Ingham's, Boral and Phineas Corp. So good mixture there. Uh, stock of the day, Amcor. Uh, I thought we'd have a look at uh, sales and profits dropped substantially in the, uh, in the December half at the world's biggest uh, consumer packaging company. Net sales for the quarter fell by almost 11%, missing analyst expectations. Despite challenges, Amcor maintained its fiscal 2024 adjusted earnings per share. Chief Executive Ron Delia claimed uh, that volume showed improvement in January though. And um, so that was, uh, uh, they said, uh, lower consumer demand amid cost of living pressures and destocking by large retailer customers in the healthcare segment. Uh, pulled sales 9% lower for the six months into December 31. 
Uh, Jess, what did you think of the uh, of the MCOR update? Well, I guess um, it really shows that they're the latest uh, to, I guess, slash their headcount on the back of slowing spending. But all in all, um, I think what's important to note is it did actually beat EPS estimates. So I do like that. And they maintained their outlook for the year, um, despite spending uh, being expected to pull back. Uh, but if we think about the broad issue that's happening in the US, uh, we're seeing, I guess, company after company cut back on their workforce. So I think what's pretty interesting is that they've cut 2,000 jobs. Um, and just over the past couple of days, Koshi, I think that that's the most uh, amount of job cuts that I've seen um, in the big end of town. Mm. Um, and all in all, uh, job cuts are now at a, at a one-year high in the US. So I guess that is a concern. But the silver lining is once a company typically cuts their headcount, of course, it's bad for employment. Uh, but it tends to benefit the company's EPS ahead. Um, the market does like their uh, does like the result, and we typically know that a company once they beat um, once they beat P estimates on terms of forward basis, uh, their shares traditionally do well over the coming months. So I think it's worthwhile keeping an eye on. Um, I am, I guess, bullish on the back of the beat, but um, that is something to keep an eye on. Okay, so would you be buying at le- these levels or? If you're in it, hold? Well, if you are looking for, um, I guess, quasi uh, exposure to the staples food beverage sector, um, yeah, it could be it could be a buy if that's if that's something that you do want. But I do think that there are better opportunities out there. So I guess bullish on the back of the earnings beat, uh, but I guess better opportunities out there. Okay. So not for you, Josh, what about what about Amcor, the update, yeah, and not, whether not, it's for you? Not ecstatic to get involved in, in staples at this time. Um, we're actually kind of going towards the other end as things start to improve with the discretionaries. We saw some really good reports yesterday from, from the likes of Maya um, and another retailer mm-hmm. as well. Even this morning we had Setire, um, retail stock. Yep. Uh, that's up 20%. Online luxury goods. Yeah. I think more uh, Jessica's market than yours and mine. Yeah. Uh, no. More of best and less. <laughs> Jessica, I think you're more of <laughs> a satire with the Louis Vuitton and the like. Oh, no, maybe not. <laughs> no, I won't, I won't be spending $700 on a backpack, so not for me either. But um, look, I think there's some, some really big opportunities, particularly in the reporting season there. So, uh, yeah, the staples uh, are probably going to lag. They have been heading down, like this one, uh, MCOR specifically, it's been a downtrend for a little while. Even today, um, yeah, slight beat. So the stock's up. It's already starting to come under a bit of selling pressure. Um, they cited some challenging market conditions and therefore had to lower their prices in order to pick up those volumes that they're talking about in January. So yeah. um, not great. It's probably a pretty good recurring theme of, of today's show um, around what prices that um, these businesses can can charge and then also the, the inputs and the, and the margin squeeze there. So. I've had to lower that, which is, um, you know, interesting in, in this sort of inflationary environment. You know, everyone's charging more for stuff, right. uh, but these guys are, are lowering it. So they got some positives coming through. The sale of their Russian business resulted in a decent cash flow position. So uh, they're doing well. Um, I think it's a very stable business, obviously being in the in the staples part. It's going to pay around 5%. Um, it would be a hold for me, but uh, I think there's okay. better opportunities out there, particularly in reporting season. Okay. All right. Uh, Jules wants uh, a view, Josh, on Coles, the yep. big supermarket chain. Talking about staples, yep. likewise with Coles, you wouldn't be interested or is, yeah, is Coles differentiating itself? 
No, unfortunately not. They're sort of just caught up in, in the sector. Look, they're a very small profit margin business. Um, you know, their revenue growth was up 5.9, earnings up less than 2% over the year. Um, and, um, you know, for a company that's, that's you know, facing these higher, higher headwinds on costs, they, they cited about 20%. Um, they've got a 2.5% profit margin. So any sort of squeeze there. Um, they've got gonna... market dominance, don't yeah, they? they? They do. Woolworths, so yeah. is it easy for them to pass that on? Um, in a way, obviously, they've come under a lot of pressure, but they have passed it on. So last year, the to, you know, just to you know, sort of paint a picture, the uh, revenues, so what they charged on clients was, was $2 billion higher. But at the same time, all of those costs were higher, labor costs, all those yep. sort of things. Um, so it really didn't flow through to the bottom line at all. Their earnings didn't uh, increase at all. It's okay, look, it's actually been, you know, sort of from the highs to the lows, you know, including the dividend, you're probably down about 8%. So it's not it, it's not moving around too much. I think there's very little downside from here, uh, but I also think there's a little upside as well. So yeah, just keeping in, in line with the, you know, chasing better opportunities. I think Staples is, is not something where we're favouring towards it all at the okay. moment. So what have you got? Avoid uh, have altogether? It as, have it as a whole. As a yeah, whole. And likewise Woolies as well? Yeah, you... yeah. We don't have any in the portfolios. I'm not really looking to add, but um, you know, you wouldn't sell them. They're obviously strong businesses. Okay. Um, Jess, the, uh, what's the view, the outlook on Coles? So I think for me, I wouldn't, um, I guess, tar uh, staples with the one same brush, but I'd say, I guess, more or less bearish on the supermarkets. And the reason for that is because they're facing an uncertain future. There's, of course, heightened regulatory, political scrutiny. Of course, we've got the price inquiries as well. So, of course, sentiment, I probably think that's going to be a factor that will probably weigh into the sentiment. And then margins, again, um, I agree that they're pretty, they're pretty slim. So there's not much room uh, for error. But, again, uh, it is tightly held by um, a lot of industry super funds. So I guess it is a duopoly. It's the 25th biggest company on the ASX. Um, they still have not covered from last year's uh, miss on earnings, that 14% drop, in fact, in their shares. So they are suffering from rising lease costs. I don't really think that's going to go away. Um, most of their revenue is from supermarkets. They're not as diversified as Metcash. So that's something to consider. Uh, also, uh, I guess um, they've got less penetration than Woolies, so less stores across Australia, only 717 actually. Um, their indicative yield is about 4.1% and earnings expectations are pretty glum as well. Um, so I think that there are a bit of opportunities out there um, in there uh, for the market. Um, but all in all, I probably think um, Quashit's probably a, a neutral um, if you are holding, but maybe potentially take profits in the rallies. Um, so if that's something to consider. Okay. So likewise with Metcash and Woolworths, same view? Or if you wanted to stay in that sector, do they offer better opportunities? I think Metcash, uh, after this week's disappointment, Metcash could potentially be one to watch. I do like it. They are diversified in terms of um, selling, uh, building, uh, homewares, etc. So I do like that, uh, even more so than, than Woolies and above Coles as well. But I think uh, you might potentially be looking at some uh, technicalities if you are looking to, I guess, buy into weakness and then sell into the upside. Um, that's something to consider. But just thinking about polls, um, they've jumped above their 100-day moving average. So yeah. that could be a bit of a bullish sign. 
but you probably won't see any excitement until they get back towards that $16.67 level. Um, I'm just not sure if their financial results will get them back above there, uh, David, to really uh, get excitement into the market. So probably steady course for for here. Yep. All right. Take some profits on any spikes. Um, Helen uh, just wants a view on Ramsey Healthcare, the um, one of the largest private healthcare providers in the world, 500 facilities across 11 countries, day surgeries, private hospitals. Um, our healthcare sector has sort of shot the lights out. I see CSL back above 300 bucks uh, at the moment. What was it, 230 in November or something? Um, mm. uh, Ramsey has been left behind behind ResMed and, and CSL, has that? Yeah. I definitely think there is more of a preference towards those that are supplying therapies, whereas a bums on seats in hospitals is actually going down. And forward-looking indicators aren't really uh, suggesting that we're going to see a recovery um, in hospital ad- admissions or, um, I guess, emergencies. And if we think about the forward-looking indicators, what we look at um, are GP visits and, I guess, imaging as well. Uh, so hospital uh, – sorry, rather, GP, GP visits – pretty much flat over the past six months. Imaging is up ever so slightly. I mean, you wouldn't even sneeze at it. Imaging uh, is only up about 4%. So it's kind of indicating that we probably won't really see a recovery in Ramsey. Um, I guess, you know, they're still down from from their highs because we haven't really seen, I guess, um, you know, those bums come back on seats after COVID. Um, and they are pretty expensive as well. So 43 times earnings and they've got, um, I guess the market is thinking little revenue growth ahead and their div yield is really not that attractive. I mean, one and a half percent. But again, just thinking about forward earnings, I think it's a bit lackluster. Um, and their current ratio um, is showing that their debt is kind of a little bit too high. So I, I think it's it's a no from me. But if you are looking at potential um, upswings, if you're a technical trader, um, it's just crossed its 100-day uh, moving average. So uh, just above $50.65, it needs to hold above that, um, Koshi. And if we see a move back above um, higher to those levels, higher to the upside, um, it could potentially get to its 200-day moving average. And that's when you might uh, expect a bit more excitement and love. So you're probably looking around the $53.76 level. Uh, And that's probably dependent on getting a blowout earnings report. So just keen to see what their earnings um, and Outlook is, uh, is ahead, um, but um, not really keen on it right now. Okay. Josh, Ramsey Healthcare. Yeah, I think this is a, a good lesson in, in why did you trim or sell on the takeover offer. Um, they had that a, a little while ago, 25% higher. Yep. Um, and I think that's probably as good as it was going to get for Ramsey uh, in the near term anyway. So a lot of their revenues are fixed because they're obviously charging um, the, the hospitals and a lot of those uh, contracts are already set in stone. So they're trying to combat that with some reimbursement rates and different ways of getting revenues uh, whilst the, the costs go up. And we've seen spending from hospitals dial way back. You know, they've spent a lot on um, you know, COVID procedures um, and unfortunately they're sort of paying for it now almost mm. with the spending. So um, mm. this one, 
Uh, you, you can't see too much uh, sort of glimmer of hope for the future. Uh, their last update, you know, revenues were growing about 11%, uh, but the earnings at only seven, so we're soon seeing that squeeze. Right. Um, they expect actually single-digit top-line growth is, is their guidance. So that's going to come down again and potentially weigh even further on, on the EPS. So, uh, yeah, I don't think this one um, is, is necessarily going to do that well. I'd, I'd actually probably look at selling it immediately. Okay. All right. All right, our next stock, um, Josh Alley wants a view on Boral, the big building and construction materials company. Um, quarries, cement, concrete, asphalt. You see the big Boral trucks on a lot of the uh, the infrastructure projects at the moment. Seven Group Holdings bought a const- controlling stake in July 2021. How do you see Boral? Yeah, obviously it's been very strong. Stocks trading at, at its at its highs, um, yep. cleared the recent highs and, and all-time highs as well. They're in an upgrade cycle, so they upped their, their guidance now, looking at earnings uh, EBIT of 300 to, to 330 million, um, citing the easing of inflationary pressures. So this and, and a few other companies that we're gonna chat about today have actually been able to, they, they were hurt initially by the, the incoming pressures and not being able to pass those costs on immediately. Um, you know, the, the menu, menu theory of inflation, you need to print all the menus yep. so you can't just immediately change your prices for a lot of businesses uh, but these guys have been able to up their prices now and then the inflationary pressures in their costs have eased so on the last update um, we saw revenues grow quite strongly um, but the actual earnings grew even stronger than than the uh, revenues so we saw that expansion um, obviously it's underpinned by demand that's a big caveat you know similar to Amcor they had, or the opposite to Amcor, I should say, they had to lower their prices because the demand wasn't there. However, when you've upped your prices and the demand's still strong, right. which we're seeing a lot of pressures in, in the, the housing market, uh, building starts, you know, Im- immigration, you know, all of these themes, um, it's all just uh, leading to higher demand for borrowers. So they won't have to lower their, their, their prices. Mm. In fact, they could probably even look to increase them uh, and expand those margins even further. Okay. All right. So, so- um, look, it's at all-time highs, so I'd have it as a hold, um, but I do think it's really strong and we really like the sector. Um, the sector we've liked for a little while, but they're all at all-time highs. Yeah, so highs. you've got James Hardy, CSR there. Yeah, Borrell. Those, those are that... our three preferred. Oh, yeah. okay. Those are probably CSR number one uh, right. and James Hardy second and, and right. Borrell third. But uh, yeah, look, they've all moved really quite nicely, um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the stocks can't continue on from all-time highs okay. um, like the US market has. Prefer direct into Boral rather than Seven Group? Yeah, I think so. I, right. th- I think you can back that. Uh, you know, Seven Group's performed really well. Um, mm. However, there's been a lot of volatility around the top of the range for them. So to be a little bit wary with that anyway. Okay. Uh, Jessica, what do you think of Boral? So the construction material business has been doing so well. I completely agree. And that's because the costs are down. Why the costs down? Well, 30% of the price of, uh, of cement is obviously fuel. So we just need to remember that. Um, but I think it could potentially be worthwhile trimming some profits. Um, so they did outperform the building and material sector last year. I'm not sure if they can do that again this year. Um, and the reason for that is because uh, there is more competition. Um, and Boral, unlike James Hardy, Boral uh, makes 100% of their revenue from, from Australia. James Hardy, different story. Um, so I'm not really sure if we'll get that strong EPS growth of you know, 120% that we saw last year, which was a cracker. 
Mm. So again, I think those risks are, you know, 100% of the revenue from here. If building construction slows, if you believe that, uh, which is probable, um, then focus goes to, well, how can they edge above um, uh, their competitors, James Hardy CSR. So then pricing becomes an issue. So that's why I'm thinking, uh, Koshi, it's probably worth taking some profits. Um, and the technical indicators are actually suggesting it could be opportune for that as well. Uh, they're suggesting that there might be a pullback here. So um, mm. that's something to consider. In in the building construction material space, I prefer James Hardy. Their revenue is spread across the US, um, APAC and the EU. And, um, and of course, um, building momentum uh, might potentially see a lot of tailwinds if the Fed uh, cuts, which is a very probable. Okay. All right. Uh, let's talk. Go from building materials to chooks now with uh, with Ingham's, uh, the biggest vertically integrated poultry producer in Australia and New Zealand. They supply Woolies, Coles, McDonald's, KFC with all all their chicken uh, into feedstock as well. Uh, Jess, what's the outlook for Ingham's? Green pastures are ahead. That's uh, that's all. That's what I think. So last time we spoke about this stock, I was bullish on the old truck. I'm still bullish now, and shareholders have been um, have been getting the benefit of that. So their shares uh, rose 48 percent last year. Definitely thinking that there's probably more greener pastures ahead. The fundamentals are strong. So we've got to remember the biggest cost of a chicken business is the wheat price. The wheat price is now at an all-time low. So just astonishing there. And remember, wheat costs account for 70% of the cost of growing a bird. Um, but of course, remember, they do make um, they do make some money from turkeys, which saw cracking sales uh, last year. Um, turkeys, the biggest cost of growing a turkey is actually a soybean, a soybean cost. Um, and soybeans uh, costs are actually down considerably. They're down um, at about four-year lows, um, so they're down 31% from their highs. And so, all in all, um, as you said, they've got great um, they've got great contracts with um, all of our major supermarkets, and that's the reason why forward earnings are strong. They've got a div yield as well, if you're interested in that, uh, 3.3%. It's not the most attractive div yield, uh, div yield but there, there's plenty of upside ahead. So, we think about aggregate earnings, what is the market telling us? Well, uh, would you believe it or not, um, 96% earnings growth per share is expected, and that'll be more than last year's um, EPS, so over 7%. So, I, one final thing, um, we did also speak about them, I guess, future-proofing cost rises. So, they've kind of taken out future um, rent hikes. So, they've bought the buildings that they're in. So right. I do like that, but it does mean their debt's gone up a little bit. Okay, so still a buy for you at these levels, 446 yep, bull- at the moment? Bullish on the chook, yep. Okay, all right, bullish on the chooks. And uh, we always talk about input costs, but that was a great breakdown of uh, uh, input costs into a chook versus a turkey, wheat versus soybean. <laughs> I did not know that. Uh, Josh, what do you think of Ingham's? Yeah, very similar to Borrell. They've um, had a bit of a wild ride. Um, yep. They got hurt by, by those input cost pressures and we're starting to see that uh, actually work the opposite way. So um, you'd, you'd back them to continue to expand out that profit margin. Um, revenues were up 12% and earnings up 35, really showing that, that, that spread there. Uh, they're able to sort of, yeah, 
underpin those stickier prices and, and hold those levels. Again, due to the demand, um, there's been some issues with you know, different types of meat and the cost costs yep. around that. So, uh, yeah. It, was it because, yeah, beef prices and uh, pork prices. Yeah, well, lamb uh, issues as well go, with farmers. Went, went through the roof. Yeah. But in the last inflation figures, mm. uh, they were amongst the biggest drops, yeah. would you believe, I yeah. noticed. Uh, <laughs> so meat coming down, whether you're seeing that at the supermarkets, not an issue, but yeah. anyhow. Uh, <laughs> Buying hymns and coals in your, in your, in your yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, But no, look, I think this one's a Jeez, whole... that's a good year, is that? It's, it's had a great year. Um, even even sort of from the, the, the stark lows, it's cleared those all-time highs back to those levels. So uh, I think things are looking good. There's no reason to, to sort of back away from this, uh, from the fundamental updates. It's pushing higher. Um, we'll have to see the next update, of course. Um, yeah. But I think, uh, yeah, for the time being, you're backing this to continue to go up. It's almost doubled since that July, August period mm. and uh, and back up to five year highs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> amazing. All right. Uh, and our final stock for this half hour, um, Josh Finios. Um, John wants a view on that. The um, software company in employee benefits, accident, health insurance industries. Yeah. Based um, in Dublin. Well, founded in Dublin. Yeah, yeah, a bit different on the, the risk curve um, with this one. Look, they're still a loss-making venture. Um, they've only been listed on the market for a few years. Um, you know, they, they did well getting off to that, but since it sort of slipped back, I mean, that's probably the story of a lot of IPOs in, in 2019. Yep. Um, look, they're around 600 mil market cap, <coughs> uh, just did a capital raise for about 5 million, so very, very small capital raise uh, nevertheless. Um, but yeah, I just think these sort of uh, revenue focus, uh, you know, growth on revenues rather than earnings um, have probably missed the big opportunity in the market where we saw the big players uh, really return to earnings positives, you know, your sort of real estate, zero, those sort of really quality mm. names, Megaport just recently doing that. However, the smaller businesses have really struggled. They're just starting to do that now. Maybe by the time this comes to fruition of getting those earnings flows positives, well, the market's changed again. We've cut rates, you know, over right. the next couple of years, we're back down to 2% and everyone's looking to, to leverage up again. So I think, yeah, just the, the nimbleness uh, in terms of flicking over to profitability is probably a little bit too late for this one. Okay, so... Um, sell. A sell. Uh, Jess, what do you think of Finios? Well, I think if you find the uh, Irish accent a bit hard to understand, you might <laughs> find this a bit hard to understand as well. I had to get my head around it. So it, it is actually a leader, but they're making, I mean, their opportunity to make margin is very small. So their business hasn't performed well from a fundamentals perspective, and their CEO uh, remuneration has got investors like, you know, asking why was it so high. Their EPS obviously has been declining, their revenue is down, but um, I guess the market is, I guess, a little bit optimistic that they're gaining more customers uh, globally in Canada and Australia. And if we think about in Australia, what deals have they recently inked? Well, um, iCare, which is insurance uh, in Care, New South Wales, they've just um, ticked that off as a customer. So I guess the dust disease claims um, from the New South Wales government will now essentially be managed by the Finios platform. So that's how you can get your head around it. Um, I'm neutral, probably want to see consistency in growth. Um, really, really hard to uh, to understand catalysts to drive the business higher in terms of margins. Okay, so would you just be avoiding it at the moment? I know for you, if you're in it, do you still hold it or...? 
Yeah, if you're in it, I'd say hold um, because you might potentially see a turnaround from their earnings. Uh, their outlook will be something that I guess a lot of analysts will be watching. Um, but you might potentially see more deals being announced and those new deals and new contracts obviously that will transpire to revenue. So uh, their revenue has been lackluster and I guess you might think that the only way is up with them just recently inking that deal with the New South yep. Wales government and also in Canada. Okay, that's encouraging. All right, uh, let's take a look at the first five stocks plus a stock of the day, which is Amcor, which reported this morning a no from, uh, from Jess, a hold from Josh. Uh, Coles takes some profits. Uh, Jess will be doing at these levels, a hold from Josh. Uh, Ramsey Healthcare, a no from Jess at Moomoo, um, a sell from Josh. Uh, Ingham's a buy from Jessica. She's been bullish on uh, on the chooks at Ingham for uh, for a while now. Last time um, she was on back last year, she was uh, bullish on Ingham's. It's had a terrific year, but more growth expected, according to Jess. Uh, a hold from Josh. Uh, Borel takes some profits from Jess. Um, she prefers James Hardy in that sector. Uh, it's a hold from Josh with a preference of CSR, if you want to stay in the sector. And with Phineos, a hold from Jess, a sell from Josh. Here on the call, we've been tracking our own high conviction fantasy fund as picked by the investment committee. Uh, the latest episode of the committee meeting live on the platform osbiz.com. Uh, that, that was the February meeting. Um, and uh, yep, the February meeting, we didn't have one in January because of the holidays. So the February meeting, which went up last night, Challenger was sold and Santos added to the portfolio. Weightings of CSL and Macquarie were reduced and uh, that reduction in, uh, in those two holdings was added to AUB and Karoon and uh, the market or the fund is up 22% since inception. Uh, this half hour, we're indeed going to take a look at Santos. Uh, Life360, Zero, Star Entertainment and Big River Industries. Josh, um, Rosie wants to be on Santos. Rosie says, I cannot for the life of me understand why Sandos and Woodside are down so much. Surely they're great big buyers at this level, according to Rosie. Uh, we have nothing without oil. We'd be standing in the middle of the desert with no clothes on, no roads, no buildings, no houses, no possessions. Just sort of a cackle from Jess there on the no, on the no clothes. So uh, just keep those images to yourself. Uh, what is everyone smoking, according to Rosie? Their PEs are nine and six. Josh. God love Rosie. Yeah, um, exactly. Great question. <laughs> look, I, I, think, uh, I think it's held up pretty well considering. So Woodside and, and Santos uh, actually have a lot of, of natural gas exposure. Yep. Um, you know, back when the sort of Ukraine energy crisis was um, happening, uh, that was sort of seeing around $9. Uh, that's back at two. So I think yep. it's really held ground. Look, oil's come off a little bit. Um, we're favourable towards the uh, traditional energy sources for the next year or so. Um, we're seeing a lot of weakness in, in the alternatives as well, particularly. They've just had an announcement uh, a couple, uh, about half an hour ago, and it, it saw the stock fall off. 
Yep. Um, so yeah, just came out, 11.55, um, stock's down about 7%. Looks like Woodside are concluding their discussions with the merger. So What, pulling out of it? Yeah, pulling out of okay. it, it looks like. Um, I've just got the ASX announcement in front of me now. So right. uh, yeah, bear with me, but uh, a bit of a live update in intraday from them. Um, looks like, yeah, I guess, because uh, initially when those talks were, were coming through, the Santos price did move higher and the Woodside Woodside moved lower, which you'd, you'd roughly expect because Woodside is the larger and they'd be looking to do the buying of Santos more than anything. Um, and yeah, we're seeing that sort of reverse now. So yeah, stock's off pretty hard on that news and it looks like the two um, the two entities will, will continue as, I guess, being competition rather than rather than merging as one. Yep, merger off still at the early stage. Um, uh, we're still at the early stage and just take a look at each other's assets. Mm. But uh, um, uh, Michael Wayne from Adadium uh, was on the call last week saying he hoped the merger wouldn't go ahead because yeah. <laughs> he thought Woodside were getting it way too cheap mm. and better potential for, for Santos. Mm. Um, so what what would you be doing? Would you be a big pullback just in in the last hour or so? Mm. Would you be taking advantage of that weakness to get into Santos? Yeah, I think I think so. So obviously you had that sort of. I guess if in hindsight you would have looked to looked to move move the capital the other way uh, because you had that that gap, and then now obviously the the, the gap is uh, widened again. So I think um, I think they're both sort of favourable. Woodside has outperformed over the last couple of years um, quite significantly, particularly on the dividend front. So you know over the last sort of eighteen months. Um, Woodside's paid paid a running yield of, of over ten percent per annum, uh, yeah. whereas Santos is down at the threes. So I think honestly, Woodside has been better management and, and and taken advantage of opportunities a lot better over the last couple of years. I'd rather be in Woodside than Santos, but obviously, if, if opportunities <coughs> arise where you can buy it at a discount as opposed to Woodside, then um, yeah, you've got to capitalise on it. Okay, so an hour ago, Santos was roughly uh, eight bucks, seven ninety nine, seven ninety eight. Uh, currently trading mm. at 7.37. Mm. That's a decent pullback. Yeah, we saw a Woodside spike on, on the news as well, it looks like. So, right. so you um, still wouldn't no. take advantage of this for Santos, you prefer Woodside? Oh, well, you could rotate now, I mean, yeah. So just long term, I think we like Woodside more. Right. Um, but obviously, if you know, it's slipped back a little bit now. But if Woodside's going to be up 5% and Santos down 5 I think it's a, it's a good rotation, um, you know, given two minutes of analysis anyway. <laughs> okay, all right, into Santos. Uh, Jess, what do you think? Um, interesting question posed, what is everyone smoking? Um, <laughs> I, think, I think it is really attractive in terms of this space, rather Woodside in particular, in terms of that div yield. I mean, you're not really getting that in many places. A forward-looking grossed-up div yield of about 15%. You can't really get that anywhere else on the ASX to be completely clear. Um, so would, hang, about, on, hang on, Woodside's paying 15%. Yeah, that's their grossed up div. That's, right. well, that's, that's okay. what the consensus is. So that, that's, that's, a, that's, like, that's like a coal miner. Yeah, <laughs> yep. they're, wow. they're, pretty, they're pretty much up there. Yeah. So the most, um, the most, I guess, div yields this year are probably going to come from um, companies like this, Woodside, and then you've got those uh, property plays like... Um, like Cromwell and Centuria, yeah. they're seeing high double-digit forward grossed-up divs as well. Well, that's the market's thinking. Yeah, so... Okay. Uh, 
So, yeah. so uh, okay, so merger off. Santos is down quite a bit as a result of it. Uh, it's climbing back a bit now. But do you see, like Michael Wayne from Medallion reckons Santos is a better option than Woodside. Do you agree or disagree? Would you be buying Santos at the pullback? Uh, for me, I don't think so. I right. mean, if you are looking for a technical a technical trade, go for gold. Uh, but long-term play, um, upside into earnings beats uh, is probably what I'm thinking for Woodside. Right. So I would be more inclined to um, to go uh, to go into Woodside as opposed to Santos, purely right. because of that diversification revenue mix. They've also got stronger cash flows. Um, again, expecting that bumper. Uh, that 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 bumper div yield as well, um, and I think with with LNG prices expected to pull, uh, the market is thinking that there's probably going to be a little bit of an oversupply quashy this year. So that's right. a bit of a headwind. So you want to be in those bigger players. Okay. Um, also, bigger picture, zooming right out, nuclear energy is going to be the talk of the town as well. So Japan, US, uh, they're leading a lot of countries in the switch to nuclear power. So. We haven't really got any, you know, future-proofing plans from these guys, which is why I'm more um, leaning towards Woodside, who can really keep their keep their cash on hand to, you know, pivot towards investing in green energy resources. Okay, so no, no for for Santos, prefer Woodside. Yes. Okay. All right, uh, Brett wants a view on Life Three Hundred and Sixty, um, the software development company used for private family and friends that's like their own closed social networking my uh, my daughters use this for their kids on uh, on social media and they're big in schools as well aren't they for for school networks based in the United States uh, interesting business yeah it is an interesting uh, business and their users just continue to grow each year um the companies that i used to work with i know that um that they use the family tracking app so they can keep tabs on their on their kitties um but uh, their shares did really well last year so up 55 percent i do like that they're continuing to expand again they've just hired um a pretty high profile exec actually um mike uh, zeman he was uh, previously with Netflix and Google, so he's got mm. great experience in scaling up businesses. Um, so that uh, is going to be really interesting to see, you know, how that transpires into their um, into their revenue mix. Are they going to go into something else? How else are they going to boost the brand? Uh, we know they've got a lot of um, prominent names behind it, and that's been key to driving uh, business growth and revenue as well. So, you know, Michael Phelps. Um, the late uh, Chloe Bryant, um, so lots of uh, lots of positive, lots of po- positive um, endorsement. I guess M- most analysts, are, I guess, um, aren't really seeing um, huge um, earnings upside ahead. Um, but if you have a look at um, what the street is saying, as opposed to some um, naysayers, um, EPS growth of actually ninety nine percent is expected. Um, so if you strip out the, the doomsdays, there are good mm. things ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, but probably with this one, I'd be looking to see a good set of numbers um, and also a bright outlook before buying into this. Okay. If you're in it, do you hang on? You, you, you might want to be hanging on because okay. you'll probably 
I mean, if you get a bumper a bumper report card, you might be kicking yourself. Yep. Uh, Josh, what's your view on Life360? Yeah, strong hold. I, I think it looks really good. Um, you know, their, their revenue model is sort of 15 to $25 a month. Um, yeah. So sort of affordable for for what you're getting. Um, you know, revenues, are uh, that's titled to be 100 mil um, group by about 50%. Expected to grow by 50% again in their revenues. They've just flicked over in the latest uh, latest report to being those cash flow and earnings positive. So it just sort of started about 5, 10 mil, uh, but you'd expect that to expand if they can grow revenues by another 50%, there's an extra 50 mil, um, which, you know, a lot of that should flow through to the bottom line, um, mm. depending on how much they spend on, on R&D and expansion. So, yeah, I think it's really good. It's, you know, again, a new listing uh, that got off to a great start. Yeah. Bit of a callback, but it's it's definitely pushed on again. So uh, I think this one's got a lot of legs The to numbers they keep reporting, as Jess was saying, the, mm. uh, the user numbers yeah. have been really strong, isn't yeah. it? And plays on that... Uh, fear of school communities and families of yeah. kids on uh, digital media and being hacked or stalked or whatever. I think it's one of those um, apps that if you can sort of get like a, just a little bit of a, a monopoly that will just grow and continue. Yeah. So I think, you know, if one school is using it, other schools will adopt it. One parent uses it, they recommend it to another parent. So, yeah. you know, it really has that that scalability from, you know, almost like the Netflix model. Um, yeah. So it really does have mm. that scalability yeah. to, to be a good... Okay, if they've player. got an ex... Netflix executive coming across. Exactly. That's smart yeah. thinking. Yeah. If that's regarded. Okay. All right. Our uh, next talk uh, on the agenda is still in the tech space. Robin wants to view Josh on zero. Um, it's pretty close to the world's biggest small business accounting platform, mm. isn't it? Yeah. Um, started in New Zealand, founder led, uh, expanded to Australia, now in the US. And, yeah. And UK? Yeah, dominance in, in the ANZ um, region, and then they're starting to expand out, out globally. So yep. obviously a big question mark mm. on that. Um, however, we sort of just, um, you know, the company really came strong on our radar um, as they started to have those talks about switching over to earnings. Management did that really successfully. Um, earnings went from 15 million to, to 106 in the latest update, uh, and revenue still growing at, at 20%. So they, they are a textbook case of how tech executives uh, should have reacted mm. to the increase in interest rates. Exactly. Increase in interest rates, no cheap money. So all of this uh, belief from investors in tech stocks, oh, you just grow your business, grow your business, mm -hmm. develop your product, don't worry about making profits, yeah. turn straight away to make a profit. These guys pivoted, yeah. cut costs, cut research back, and started doing what the market wanted. And that's exactly what we were looking for at around that time. And, you know, you see a couple of other businesses we discussed today haven't still made that switch. So yeah. it's like, you know, if strong management like Xero um, can do that, that's probably what other smaller companies should be should be looking to imitate. Um, the last report was interesting, just looking a little bit more short term. It did get sold off on that report and it struggled to go higher. So I think it's going to need some fundamental Why? news. Why was it? 
Um, Where did it disappoint? Yeah, there was there was a few squeezes. So, for example, I think the big question mark for, for analysts, which still like it, um, they still like it, but the big question mark for this company is their US expansion. Right. So they've expanded to other markets, it's been successful, but there's been, um, yeah, a lot of difficulty for companies to move into the US in particular. Um, it's such a strong, saturated market in the business world as well. So, um, yeah, right. that's the big unknown. And I think analysts are basically, you know, putting the US growth almost as a zero at this stage until they see it successfully oh. play off uh, but no all the all the all the numbers were, were quite positive yeah marginal 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 sort of miss but yeah still really strong on their on their earnings so what's your view? Um, I have to see this report first okay. so just hold on for hold. the time being okay hold for you uh, Jess a company that basically built its growth on the back of wooing bookkeepers, wasn't it? To get into the, right, rather than target small business owners, they wooed their, their bookkeepers who then convinced their, their small business customers to adopt the platform. It was really smart. Yep, absolutely. Everyone loves being wooed. Who doesn't love being wooed? <laughs> and saving time, it's all about business efficiency. But all in all, I think the market is a little bit disappointed with that overseas expansion, but it's not all doom and gloom. Um, they've expanded into the UK. They've just ticked over 1 million users there. So that's pretty good. So we know that they've got now, you know, a prudent paved out little footpath, um, maybe a yellow brick road to maybe potentially scale up into the US. In total now, um, not as many users as um, as Life360's 200 or 20 million rather, but Zero has got 4 million users now globally using this software. Um, so that is good, but you probably do need to see, I guess, more success, more numbers, a good outlook in their earnings numbers. I do like that they're tightly held, so if you're holding on to it, um, you might want to... Um, Fasten, fasten your seatbelt. Uh, we just really need to see that global expansion, I guess, play out in that key growth area, the yeah. US. They've had a good run. So if you're in it, do you keep holding or do you trim? What do you do? Yeah. So um, I guess like any company that kind of goes up um, over 10%, you, you, you might want to like take some cream off the top. Right. some creme de la creme, and then um, I guess you'd be benefiting if they do announce a better than expected report card. Okay. Um, so that's the scenario if you're holding. If you're not, you probably want to wait and see uh, what their report card says before potentially buying in. Okay. All right. Uh, and next stock, uh, Jess, Luke wants a view. You used the word you know, disappointment in uh, the last result from uh, – uh, from zero, um, I wonder what Luke's feeling about Star Entertainment. Um, talk about disappointment. Owner of the Star in Sydney, uh, Star on the Gold Coast, Treasury Casino in Brisbane. Um, a lot of institutions not so long ago got got in into Star at what a dollar twenty. They did a raise. Mm. Now, yeah. now it's half that. Yeah, so uh, this has been really disappointing, particularly for those long-term shareholders who are just continuing to grit their teeth. Um, but, I mean, how low how low can it go? So, you know, 80% of uh, Insto is actually bought into that capital raise, David, that you're speaking about. Yeah. But, I mean, could you argue that Star's challenges are behind it? Um, that's something to, to just uh, pause on. But for now... Um, as we as we stand, you wouldn't really be expecting 
over the next couple of weeks a material pickup in earnings because we do have a lot of uh, a lot of uh, Chinese uh, nationals actually going back home for Lunar New Year. We know a big part of their revenue is, of course, the Chinese consumer. Yeah. But if we think about the bad news being priced in, I think this is this is why those instos are, are holding on. So the thinking is, you know, that regulatory scrutiny, the fines, um, I guess the project delays, the debt, uh, some are thinking that that bad news could be behind it, uh, which is why its shares have picked up from their record lows. So for the long term, you might want to be a little bit cautious with this one. Wait till you see what comes out in their report card. But I do think you'll probably start to see a little bit more bites and nibbles in their shares, um, particularly for those investors that are taking a long-term view. Just, again, thinking about the Chinese consumer. Uh, they'll come back to Australia after Lunar New Year. Um, and uh, we're re- really waiting to see uh, the Chinese consumer, I guess, pick up their optimism as well. It's not going to stay at record lows forever. So that's right. something to consider. So 57 cents now, the 52-week low, which was only a little while ago, 45. So it has improved off a, off a terrible base. So if instos are hanging in there, the normal investors like us, would you buy at these close to record lows? Well, if you are uh, thinking that the Chinese consumer will come back to Australia and if you believe in, I guess, in a long-term play, thinking that, you know, a company's fundamentals can turn around with bad news being behind it, then I potentially would be buying at these levels. So So do you believe that could happen? Yes. Yeah, I believe so, absolutely, for the long term. Uh, But again... um, I guess you have to uh, you, you have to swallow that sleep at night test for yourself. But for me, I do think it's uh, yeah. it's attractive. Sleep sleep at night and your ESG test, I suppose, <laughs> filter over it. Josh, what exactly. do you think? Can it get any worse for Star? Um, probably not. Um, you know the valuations. Uh, you know you talk about share price, but but even just looking at the the market cap, I think it's got a market cap of around uh, what was it one point one point seven bill um, at these yeah one point six bill sorry, um, and you know I know it's a very niche sort of business to have, but if you just look at the value of their property, um, it's worth about that. So right. um, yeah, like if you, you know so combining all of their all so you're of their buying assets, it for the value of the bricks and mortar rather than exactly the casino so business. you're kind of getting it at sort of net tangible assets however just, you know how many buyers are there for, for a massive casino maybe not maybe not as easily uh, liquid yeah. as you know selling a house or anything like that so it is niche property definitely um, but there's a lot of risks that this this company is going to have to overcome so it's not investment grade but i think there might be a small portion of your portfolio that you could allocate to these higher risk opportunities right. looking to pick the bottom of of these names um they've got a lot to get through so in their words they need a sort of culture transformation on yep. to uplift financial crime um you know also operational efficiency Still got court proceedings going on, so there's a lot of risks. You know, they're going to lose half half of their cash reserves from this remediation plan. So there's still a lot of risks out there. Um, but yeah, potentially could be the bottom just based on that net tangible assets. People willing to pay that price. So, what are you, are you doing? A high risk buy or? Yes. Avoid or what are you doing? Spec hold, if you will. So, a spec yeah. hold? Just for you, that so, one. <laughs> a spec hold. That's putting it out there. Um, so 
so a spec a spec hold would be veering towards selling and getting out, wouldn't it? Rather than a spec buy. Yeah, oh, more so on the on, on the buy side. Buy side. Yeah, okay. but obviously not too many Speculative of these. Speculative hold. Yeah, okay. not too many of these in your portfolio. All right. Okay. Uh, our next stock. Um, just on that, hmm. sort of on on sort of I I sort of refer to it as your TAB money if you like, your hmm. punting money. Yeah. What percentage of your portfolio? Sort of not, yeah. not a retiree or anything like that, but <laughs> we, we'd probably put investment. it a little a little bit different terminology. Right. <laughs> just managing clients' money, but uh, no, I think there's 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 room in portfolios for multi strategy. So you know, there's obviously the preferred for us for example is investment yep. grade stocks, stocks that are growing earnings in the yep. upgrade Your foundations. Cycle. Yeah, and, and then you've also and... got companies like this where you're looking for value. So right. you know, you can have those different strategies in your portfolio and. Uh, we're, we're definitely more on the growth investment grade right. side with a smaller portion to the value. Okay. All right. Our final stop, Matt wants a view on Big River Industries. Uh, Matt says, trades on a low earnings multiple, solid dividend yield seems to have tailwinds with residential construction demand behind it, but it's very illiquid. I don't think Big River Industries has come up on the call before. Uh, supplier of timber, uh, builders hardware, building suppliers, in that um, building materials area. Yeah, exactly. So we do like the sector. Um, they've got some government contracts for, for timber supply. So uh, I think they're, they're doing okay. Good margins. Um, revenues were up about 10%. Earnings up uh, about 11 um, But yeah, I think it's, you know, if you look at how illiquid the stock is as well you know you can right. be a top 20 shareholder with it with a 10 grand allocation so uh for us it would be a little bit uh you know too high risk in order to sort of allocate right. into something like that however uh, there are some warning signs in the business as well it does come under selling pressure obviously the sector's been incredibly well as we've sort of talked yeah. about today with csr and borrow and this one's this one's lagging so right. um, i think there's there's a few red flags that we just wouldn't look to go towards we'd go with the larger players like a csr uh, that are actually going to just more clearly yeah. benefit from that and have that strong management is, as well. is that sort of similar to a theme that a lot of the experts have on the panel here, that when you're looking at sectors in mm. this sort of market, it's better to go with the bigger established names yeah. than, the, than the minnows. It's stronger management as yeah. well, um, stronger execution, like we said about, about zero. Um, and like we said, we, we, we want names that are, that are, that are going up right. in value and earnings. Okay. Uh, Jess, uh, Big River Industries. So speaking about, uh, I guess, the plan word of big, again, favouring um, the big end of town, I think is probably key when we're still at a time when I guess the building construction game could potentially pull or continue to cool here in Australia. So thinking about those bigger players um, is, is something that I prefer in the building material space. James Hardy, I like um, with that exposure to the US tailwind bed cutting or also exposure to Europe as well for James Hardy. Big River, not so. They're more so exposed uh, here to our Aussie, um, to our to our nation. Um, but if you have been in it for the last couple of years, you might want to potentially think about taking some profits because you'll probably, um, I guess, get some better opportunities elsewhere. Um, that being said, though, if we do see beats from the broad materials industry, I guess when the tide goes up, all, all boats, um, all boats rise. The big river industries might, you know, get the ripple effects of that. Right. Um, 
So that's something to consider. Okay, but too small for you. Yeah, I'm not really. Uh, I'm not really a fan because uh, I guess the the management team breadth of experience, but also uh, only locally exposed. I prefer to be in markets that are exposed to you know interest rate cuts. Yep. I think you're probably going to get more upside in James Hardy CSR, those global businesses that are you know have got the tailwinds of you know central banks are cutting rates there, so you're probably going to see um, the building industry uh, take off again. Okay. So yeah. All Take right. advantage of other opportunities. Go to the bigger end. All right, let's recap the uh, final five stocks. Uh, Santos Fortuitous that came up just uh, half an hour after the announcement that the Woodside Santos merger is off. Um, both Jess and Josh prefer Woodside as against Santos, but Josh making the point uh, Santos share prices dropped a fair bit on the back of the announcement uh, and, and could be worth worth a nibble and take advantage of the pullback. Uh, Life360, a hold from both. Uh, Zero, hold from Josh, take some profits from Jess. Uh, Star Entertainment, just been a nightmare in the last uh, 12 months to to two years. Uh, Jess has a a long-term buy. Uh, Josh, a speculative hold which uh, can't quite get across the uh, the line for a speculative buy. So he's got a speculative hold tending towards a buy. Um, and a Big River, a no from both. Uh, Jessica Amir from Moomoo, always great to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, David. Good on you. And Josh Parker from Macro. Thank hey, you Good to me. see you. Cheers. All right, uh, that's it for the call for today. Uh, if you've like any, if you've got any stocks you'd like me to put to our expert panel, go to osbiz.co/callpicks or tweet us on X using the at TV handle. Uh, and as quite a few of our viewers uh, did today, comments, questions, whatever. Um, nice little stories about standing naked in the desert and things like that always adds a bit of spice to the show Um, I'll see you same time tomorrow for another edition of The Call ACAST powers the world's best podcasts Here's a show that we recommend. Hey guys, welcome to Giggly Squad, a place where we make fun of everything, but most importantly, ourselves. I'm Paige DeSorbo. I'm Hannah Burner. Welcome to the squad. Giggly Squad started on Summer House when we were giggling during an inappropriate time. But of course, we can't be managed. So we decided to start this podcast to continue giggling. We will make fun of pop culture news. We're watching fashion trends, pep talks where we give advice, mental health moments, and games and guests. Listen to Giggly Squad on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.